Hi, it's Rowan. Thanks for listening to the Unmachine Yourself podcast. Really excited to introduce a little bit or tell a little bit about the conversation I had with futurist Karsten van der Donk. And um, he is a partner at the Paris Amsterdam based organization CoSite, and he was in Amsterdam, and so I met him in the Hatch studio. Um, this was a wonderful conversation. I really, really enjoyed it. You know what the fun thing is with futurists? I could say this about them because I'm a futurist myself. It's such a wide range of people. It's, you can't really, there's no education per se, not a five-year education to become a futurist, right? So for myself, I've done a couple of trainings, I've done, done a PhD in anthropology, and then I combined it with, you know, uh, a couple of months of training here and a couple of months of training there, and then I specialized in futurism. But that is different for all the futurists. And there's a lot of blah blah futurists out there, I have to say. They're more like trend watchers, but often self-proclaimed. Well, that's not the case with Karsten. He's really well known, and he's really an expert in what has become known as humanology. I mean, even that word, right? You gotta love it. Uh, it's basically a blend of sociology and psychology and semiotics, but we'll talk about that. What we discussed, and this is why it reminded me of the weirdness of futurists, is not so much the future, just we discussed what we can learn from other cultures. So, you know, cultures that are already existent, cultures that have been doing things for decades. And Karsten says there's specific things that we can learn from other cultures when it comes to navigating unknown territories. And he gives a beautiful example. Why meaning also becomes more important for companies and individuals and how meaning can turn into practice. So this part is actually about the future. So if you're interested in what can I expect as a leader or just working in a team, do make notes here because I think that's going to be crucial. Now, Carson also explains how you can do that, right? Navigate the future, and again, inspired by other cultures as well. And he essentially comes down to this point. Long-term goals are important, but short-term strategies are better. <laughs> and then we end with, what does that mean to be a leader of the future? Now, we at Hatch do a lot about that. We train leaders of the future to become leaders of the future. And it's wonderful to hear Karsten's perspective on it. So please check in. And um, if you enjoy the episode, I would just be thrilled if you could leave us a review because what that does is that it makes it more easy for others to listen to us and to find us. Um, so that's really helpful. All right. Thank you. Hope you enjoy the episode. And um, don't forget to make notes. Bye. Originally trained as an art historian, then became the owner of a catering company, founded an internet startup, and then in 2015 became partner as Paris Amsterdam-based organization CoSite. It says you are the meaning management company. Working on futures for humans and brands. Clients are automotive and several international personal care brands. And according to the website, you... Karsten and your companion are experts in humanology, a blend of sociology, semiotics and psychology focused on challenges, change and transformation from a human-centric point of view. Well, you have to explain me that well, later on. Yes. But welcome, Karsten van der Donk. Thank you for having me. 
Thanks for being here. So I always start with the same question because we're going to talk so much about the future. I always want to know at least one thing about the past, namely, what did you want to be when you grow up? I'm I'm probably thinking not a humanologist. No, no, not a human. Well, in fact, I never exactly knew when when parents and uncles asked me, Carsten, what do you want to go when you grow up? And my friend said, police officer or soldier, or I want to have the same job as my father. And I never had any clue about that. And one morning I went down, I have an older and uh, brother and sister, so I was really the youngest child. So I was always a little bit early up in the morning and looking in the books in the in the cupboard and cupboard. And, and there was a book and I opened it and there was something about a guy named Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> well, who is that? Uh, and he was a homo universalis. And I thought when I thought that, and, and it's about resonation because I was eight or nine years old, I couldn't fully understand, but I thought that's nice because that's someone who knows everything that's to know in a certain area. Now, that's what I wanted to do. And there's a little other thing that happened in my youth. Um, I met somebody, in, it was on the, on the, in the hallway, and the person left the house. And I said, what are you going to do? I'm going to my work. And said, okay, and what is your work then? Well, I, I look at patterns in the world, and I try to discover maybe some regularities or irregularities. And again, there was this resonating thing, like I couldn't really understand. I was 10 then, but I thought that is the aim in life, to understand a little bit about how the world works. So these two things is, I think, what I wanted to be, uh, pattern recognizing homo universalis. Now, wow. Uh, and now I'm here and I'm still not knowing everything, but still but discovering. if you can mention a couple of patterns that you now find interesting, <laughs> that you see happening in the world, dynamics perhaps, yeah. Yeah. What would they be? Because what would they be? Um, well, we at Coside do every two or three years, two, two to three years, uh, a large investigation uh, worldwide, uh, interviewing uh, cutting edgers in in what their hopes and fears are and what their desires are, and and what we see in the last uh, report we uh, had, well, three four years ago. Last year we had another one, but what we see extremely sharp um, an increase in meaning. And it's not because we are the meaning management, but what is meaning here? With meaning, we, we, we think everything that has to do with sustainability, with nature, um, with spirituality, and with ethics. And especially ethics, we think, is, is a kind of next step where people have... That's really growing when we see that for the last 20 or 30 years. Another thing that is growing is that we from a more, it's more the movement you see in futures because you never know what the future will be like. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been here and I would we would have drink champagne on a Bahamian island or yes, something. Yes, please, yes. Yes, let's do that. Uh, but um, so so the other the other thing we see, so the meaning is growing. Um, uh, a, a more collective state of mind is growing from an individual 90s where it was me, me, me and money, money, money. There comes more of a, uh, strangely enough, a kind of solidarity. And all of these things will be facilitated by science. This is interesting. And science is also the digital part, biotech or, or digital. Yeah. yeah, so if you say meaning, then, because when I was doing research on the future of work, I read some interesting reports claiming, and this seems to kind of confirm that, um, that especially younger people like millennials now, when they yes. start working somewhere, before we always had like the values on wall posters, right? Yeah. In companies. And yeah. you had the values hanging there, like we believe in inclusive workforce. Yes. But now millennials kind of say, 
well, if you don't walk the talk, then I don't longer want to be there. Is that what you mean yeah. with meaning? Absolutely. Well, that is what I mean with meaning. And before that, the 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 theme of sustainability was also important and embraced by a lot of brands, let's say, let's my client. But what it was more that we put a, a green sticker on our packaging and, and, and put some green nature in the commercial and then yeah. we're there. And now, and it's also the transparency happening in the digital world. People don't believe in that anymore. So first, uh, in the products any, don't anymore, where they say they are gray green, but there are microplastics in that there, etc. But on the other hand, um, that they work for a company that says that they're they're very ethical and decent, but they just do bad things. Yeah, <laughs> they do, just don't manage their people right, yeah. and um, people don't want to work anymore for that. And I think, and that's 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 I think. Well, we come to that later. Um, that that is a thing that 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 um, people don't want to work only anymore to make money. Of course, we have to make money somehow, but um, they also like to work uh, on a nice. I don't want to work. Use the word purpose, but that's why I use meaning. They want to do meaningful work. Yeah. Um, because and, uh, I mean, we do a lot of that these times. I'm, yeah, exactly. You and do if it you eight look at hours the future of work, and especially last year, I mean, if it, the future of work is not that interesting because. It will be hybrid. It will be the, the use of teams, and it's happening at, at, as we speak. And you can see how 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 quick it went. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm, I'm thinking more of okay, this will be a hybrid future. Yeah, we will work uh, digitally. Uh, you are doing podcasts suddenly. That's also something that happened over the last year because you thought, hey, that's maybe interesting to mm-hmm. like, give give people a, a, a view in my, my life and in my work. But the other thing is in that hybridization of work, um, what I think is more interesting to look at the infrastructures of how offices will look like and mm. and those big places like the Zuidas, which were fully packed with people, are not that packed anymore. No. And on the other hand, um, homes of people are suddenly infiltrated and invaded by work also because two people on the on the kitchen table, and I did that for three months, uh, suddenly uh, your house is your office and your office will probably be your house. And then there is traffic jams, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that's that's the future of work like. But it's more interesting of how leadership is, is acting. Yeah, because future. if you, if you yeah. say meaning becomes more relevant or more important or more prominent perhaps for your yeah. clients yeah. you talk with individuals but you also talk with companies right yeah. so are yeah. those the leaders of those companies who say it and if i may be the advocate of the devil do they really mean it or is it also <laughs> greenwashing pinkwashing etc i mean i have been to workshops large uh, star chain workshops two three days with the board of that company and um um, uh, suddenly one client said, maybe we sh- it's time we really should make good products for the society and the world. Uh, well, that was interesting. Like, okay, that's, that's implying something. But yeah. um, I think they, they make their, and the, there's a difference in companies, but if you look at leadership in those companies, there's a, there's a really big and interesting challenge they have to do. Because as we talked before this, a little bit uh, before this had a, the new world, this meaningful world, and we don't, we shouldn't be talking about a fairy tale world. It's a meaningful world. It's more meaningful, but it's not still not a fairy tale world. Is is becoming is emerging, mm-hmm. and and leadership has the challenge to create the new, mm-hmm. to be able to write a chapter 
in the new stories that we tell each other. But at the same time, the organization is still in the old and they have to yeah. change that. So they have to change and create. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the change has to be made because that's the old world is still in the world of, of a liberal capitalistic model where, where uh, w- uh, um, uh, uh, maximization of money, uh, wins, uh, optimization yeah. and efficiency is yeah. the highest good. Um, but to make the new, is that's about exploring. Yeah. And exploring is not about efficiency and optimization. No. Now, um, no, exactly. Because you can stay you in need, the old. Yeah. Then you need stillness and creativity and out of the box thinking yeah. and, and risk taking and exactly. all these things. Yeah. You have to do things uh, and to and that's interesting because we we understand each other if we think that the world is kind of changing at the moment. Yeah. Um, and and what is, what I find is interesting is that. Of course, things are changing. So we see that in work with hybridization, digitization, but that's very operational. The interesting thing is in the undercurrent, what is happening there. Um, and in the undercurrent, it's about the stories that we told each other for years and years and years are are questioned. Mm. And there are calls to correct these old stories. We see that in racism, we see that in, in, in uh, Me Too's, and we have to adapt them or to radically replace them with new ones, but we don't know what the new ones are yet. Yeah. So we are before uncharted these territories. Yeah, and I think that makes it easy to become skeptical as well, right? Because if you don't see a new story, then you can't really believe in a new story as well. Exactly. Uh, uh, because there's a black hole and there is no consultant you can call or a book you can read uh, how to maximize my my turnover or my... my uh, profit. Uh, profit, that's yeah. the word. How to, it's not about that anymore. It's about a black hole and you have to step into that. Yeah. Now, we are, have learned that we have are efficient and we want to go directly to the right answer, but the, we don't know the answer yet. Yeah. So what is the role of future leadership? And now it's interesting because I, I thought about you when I found that out. Anthropology is an interesting place to have a look in how people cope with uncertainty or with with uh, with exploring. And I want to tell you here a story about the Levi flight. You probably know that. I know it. Yeah. Yeah. And, Please and do. There is Please it, share. Yeah, and it's it's a story about um, well, it's it's a, um, a mathematical chaotic mathematical chaotic model from the chaos theory. And and uh, here's what they did. Well, well it, it's it's a pattern. Firstly, so and what is its pattern is like? Well, what, what they did, they 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 took um, a, a, a Tanzanian tribe uh, that are able to to uh, survive in a very desolate area. They took them to another new area for them, and they were packed with GPS trackers. And they s- said, "Well, let's see how interesting how how they cope here, how they explore this surrounding." And we, as a Western uh, uh, Perspective people thought, well, they, they go directly to the food because they know where the water is. No, they don't know where the water is. So they have to explore too. And what they did is they followed a pattern of longer and shorter distance. Suddenly they went to the right, suddenly they went to the left. Sometimes they stayed a little bit on that place. And this gives a pattern. Because if you are in uncharted territories, it's very important to know where the food is, who are your enemies, who are your friends, which plants can I eat, which mm-hmm. plants can I don't. And so what they saw, these GPS trackers, they gave they gave the pattern, and that's called the Levi flight, the survival pattern. Now I show you here, it, it doesn't look like anything. But in the end, it's a pattern that animals use too. Now, what mm. are leaders up to is... In this uncharted territory, there are no easy 
answers. And where the old world is very much about efficiency, et cetera, et cetera, direct, here they have to explore possibilities, suddenly go to the left, suddenly go to the right, to explore that world, how it can look like, how the desired future can look like, have a little bit of a longer view, a longer term view also for their children would be great, um, and to adopt and master that uncharted territory. Because if there is no story yet, maybe you can write a little part in that. Yeah, I, that's I, interesting. I absolutely love this, and it, of course, because I'm a future anthropologist, so an this anthropo is my yeah. side. But I recall when I was doing my PhD, it was about people who lived in a area where it was very uncertain. Like they would have all different types of risk, and it was really hard to predict which would come when. Like huge floodings, but also razzias by the police because they uh -huh. were illegal there, yeah. and. In my dissertation, I describe these people in Bahasa Indonesia as the orang antisipasi or the anticipation people, because they were experts in trying out strategies on a short term kind of iterative thinking. Exactly. So trying something, then stepping back, see whether it worked, doing it again instead of making five year strategies, because exactly. for them that was no use. They no. knew. And that reminds me of this, right? No, exactly. exactly. And that's something that we find really hard. Uh, we find very hard because yeah. we are we think eh, like we are in our smart home at home that we can press buttons and uh, every light goes on when we want to you want to have uh, food when uh, when we want to um, um, but the world is a little bit more unsure now so yeah. um, um, now I want don't want to say the words like let's embrace uncertainty but <laughs> it is more uncertain and, yeah. and we have to cope with that and and a lot of people think we have to go back because they want to go back like. Like if you lose track, and I'm very good in losing uh, losing my uh, tr losing track in a city, often you go back to the place where you think, okay, here I recognize it, now I can go on. But this is not possible anymore in the in the world we're living in. Because no, because then the, the former place has been changed already. For it's example, it's been changed. It's not there anymore. Yeah. It's romanticized because it wasn't that good uh, in 1800 when nature was so good. I mean, people yeah. were dying of of a lot yeah. of things, and uh, so it's romanticized. So it it doesn't exist uh, even. And it can also be. Um, um, but ex exactly what you say. Take little steps. Explore, uh, but also but but also have a have a view on the longer term because it doesn't mean when you 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 imagine your desired future that you are coming there next year but it 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 has a kind of pull perhaps towards pull, the right direction um, uh, it's a compass um, it's it's uh, contagious uh, it helps to 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 form that story yeah because uh, we have to think about how we want to work with graying societies, inequalities, trust issues, uh, all of these things. How do we work with that? And it's not, okay, well, we do that next year. No, it's a little bit now. And and you see that, for instance, what happened today with Shell. <laughs> they are living in that old world, which they do very good. And since 100 years, the whole company is... is uh, governed and 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 uh, organized around efficiency and profit maximization which is which is a good thing i don't want to bash it's easier to bash shell and those things but they have now the shareholders activism problem or issue let's say that challenge challenge uh, <laughs> and they have now today they lost uh, the milieu uh, defense uh, case yeah um 
And next year it will happen again and again and again because they don't know what the new story will be like and how yeah. they can make me- a meaningful organization there. And can you um, can you help me there? Because this is what, what was crossing my mind while you were just talking. I can see that people have or want to find meaning, right? Yeah. I can see that people want to go back to nature. I mean, even if we talk about the infrastructure of remote work, you can see that a lot of people... They sat on the kitchen table and then they went for a walk and they yeah. felt like, oh, this is more important yeah. than ever. And I, I perhaps I want to take a bit more rest after this or perhaps I want to yeah. continue on seeing less people but making it more meaningful. Yeah. But how do you change from having a value or a purpose or a meaning into daily practice and living that? No, of course. That? No, of course. That's, 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 uh, that's, that's, that's always a very good question if... If I'm if I'm, I'm working with management teams or people or brands, and they say, "Well, we are very trustful, or we're credible, and we're we're client-centered, etc." Now I, I say, "Okay, now can you please do trust now? Let's do trust. How do you mean? You are trust, so so let's do that then. And and so it's always very hard to to make it actionable and um, yeah. um, uh, concrete. Um, now the problem is we are here in uncharted territories. So how do you do that exactly? I don't know. So if I cannot give you the the answer, the re- recipe, but what for me is important in this that that you take time and make space mm. and give maybe some 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 rest to have dialogues and and discussions about some topics that are pre uh, um, relevant. Mm. And if I if I uh, do some presentations for clients, after that I often ask and I do. Most of the time, that the first the the macroeconomic factors like urbanization, etc. I do Changing it very quickly, yeah. and then I stop and I ask the management team, "How do you feel?" Well, the question "How do you feel?" is is already <laughs> difficult, but often one person says, "I'm pretty anxious about that world," yeah. and the other person said, "I only see chances." Hmm. Say, so, okay. You are the board here. You are the leaders. If you don't have any common understanding about how the world is, how we want to relate to the world, yeah. maybe you should talk about it, start to talk about it. If you are anxious and you have the only chances, maybe you're very fearful or you're very naive. You don't know, but let's talk about it. What do you think? What do you feel about that world? And how do you want to, how, how do you want it to be? Yeah, and um, and if you have that, how do you want it to be? Let's let's make a prototype of that because it's also very popular in this iterative thing. Let's make prototype. A prototype can do can be. Let's greet each other every morning. Set two. That's yeah. a prototype, and let's do that for two weeks. Yeah, and uh, if after two weeks we say, hey, that was nice, okay, and it's it's a very naive um, uh, maybe uh, example, but to make it very small. Well, it actually, I, I don't. I so don't big. think because I think one of the big complaints of many people in many companies is feeling alienated, yeah. and I mean, literally greeting each other. Or I've heard people say, uh, "We give each other small presents," or "We do nice things," yeah. like um, you know, just something nice without saying, "I did this," but just a simple thing on your desk, etc. We have seen you, and it helps. We saw you. We saw you doing good thing. That's helped so much. People want to feel, want to want to belong. So, b- before we jump yeah. over this, because yeah. I think you said something nice. It was about yes, you should work in an iterative or 
like short-term way, but you also need to have a longer-term perspective because that kind of leads the way, but then be flexible there. Would you recommend companies or leaders to, as a long-term, perhaps have, I don't know, the four big themes that they want to work on and then on a shorter-term basis, find implementations thereof and try yeah. what works? Yeah, that's that's a good example. Mm. Um, uh, there are a lot of companies that say, okay, this year, um, uh, so they have a kind of... Um, uh, conference uh, with Chatham rules. So they ask a lot of CEOs, it's an insurance company, to be in that room and they talk about what are the main important issues we are coping with at the moment. And from that, they distill two or three themes and they live that for a year with the whole company. And they, they also write that in their uh, year, yearly report, annual report. So um, that could be a way mm-hmm. of working with it. Um, um, uh, I think for a leader, uh, he has to organize uncomfortable discussions. Yeah. <laughs> so to get the enemy in or to look into the, the, yeah, get the enemy in, understand those people. Yeah. I mean, at Hatch, yeah. we actually, actually part of one of the trainings, uh, where we, um, train people to become change ambassadors or, yeah. um, change makers in their own companies is we have uh, trainings in complex conversations, like how not to be an asshole, but still, you know, make sure that you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And, and, um, um, another word is in there. I mean, they they all, sometimes I hear so much of the same words every time. So I don't want to use the word, the word dialogue anymore, but the good thing of the fact of dialogue, it's not only, um, Taking, being aware of the other one, eh? being aware of the other, the, the, the opposite side, but it's also uh, having a conversation where there is a resonation. So that's dialogue is about resonation. Yeah. Uh, where so finding a, the overlap almost. Find, well, you, you just know it. When I, when I heard this person, <laughs> when I was 10, talking about yeah. patterns, something resonated yeah. with me. Yeah. So I don't have to be, um, I don't have to agree with you, but maybe something resonate with us that we are kind of, okay, we're in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> and we have to continue somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's what makes you yellow highlight in a book, I think, when you don't yeah. have to agree, but it's like, yeah, yeah. this is something yeah. important, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's also a let's say challenge for the for the leader. Huh? I think the most leaders that we have are very intelligent people. Mm-hmm. They are. I mean, they did a school, they're academics, whatever. So, so um, and I, I don't know if I invented it. There's this wicked uh, ladder. There's, so you go from data to information. Oh, so if you have a lot of data, you can make information of mm-hmm. that. If you have a lot of information, that, that becomes knowledge. If you have a lot of knowledge, that becomes intelligence. Mm-hmm. And then wisdom. Or? And then wisdom. Yeah. That's the last step we want to take. Now, how do we get to that last step? Now, well, as I said, we, we want to make new stories, etc. In that new stories, making that, exploring those possibilities, I would ask the leaders to be have a conscious perspective. And conscious is also uh, this, this container word. What, what I mean is to be able to sense, and not only hear, listen, sense pain, pleasure, love, and hate in the other one. Hmm. And if you com- combine, I think, that consciousness with intelligence, maybe, maybe, maybe that's wisdom. I don't know. But <laughs> that, that could be. That means then I, 
essentially hear you say, I mean, if we're sketching yeah. the ideal leader we, of the future. Exactly, because there's no, no. recipe. Yeah. But we're, we're kind of sketching the ideal leader of the future. Yeah. Then I hear you say that this person needs to have a real good intuition. Oh, I, I mean, first, I, I forgot to say that. I, I wouldn't be that, that well. I think the leader of the future is uh, the hardest working job in the in the world. I mean, we we expect so many things of, of that person. Intuition. Eh? It, it, we don't have kings anymore. We don't have gods anymore. But these are our future gods. If we, we look about uh, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates as the new gods. Uh, so it's a really hard job. Uh, but yes, there is a thing about intuition, what you said. Or they have to be able to organize the intuition hmm. in their team. Because, so somebody else do the sensing. Well, I cannot imagine that one person does all, all these things, what we just talk about. Uh, being a conscious person, being intelligent, well, this is easy. easy. But but um, um, it, because it's also interesting, what do you think? How would you define leadership? I mean, that's the word. And we have creative leadership and we have yeah, sustainable leadership. Absolutely. And, and I think even the word itself or the connotation is changing. Because if I look back at many of the conversations I've had for the Unmachine Yourself podcast, a lot of the leaders themselves now talk about being very vulnerable, being yeah, open, yeah. Uh, saying, being honest, like, hey, we haven't made a profit. I don't really know how to solve it. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. discussing that openly with your team so they can come up with, with um, solutions. So I would say perhaps 10 years ago, we would have said leadership means taking the advanced path, right? And now it means like, no, you're just kind of co-creating with your team, yeah. but maybe you're a bit more wise or experienced. Yeah. I don't know. No, no, but it's very good what you say because because we, we are talking now about uh, the future, but it's so interesting because everybody thinks, but not that much is 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 uh, is uh, changing. Well, a few years ago, you could be very proud of working with a bank. Yeah. Now it's not something you tell very easy. You were very uh, that you were in the corporate world with Shell. We talked about it. It's not that being proud of anymore. So so things are changing now already. And if we look back at your the the, the definition of leadership, for me, if you make pers if you talk about personal leadership, um, it's it's to be able to manifest your own dreams and desires somehow, and knowing what the next step is. Mm -hmm. Now, if you that's your personal leadership, but if you put this on, on leaders of organization or brands, it's it's that you're able to manifest the energies, the feelings of the undercurrent, knowing what is there mm -hmm. and mold them into something decent. And that's not, again, uncharted territory. You don't have the answer, but you know what the next step is. And if you look at the Levi pattern, you know when to turn left, right, or take a longer direction in one direction. And the last thing I want to say also, it's not a, yeah, it's a job. But it's not a, a a perceiving role you have. It's it's very important that there's, I would, well, we, we are sketching the ideal world, yeah. an embodiment, hmm. a more embodiment of who you are, and that is not only a role, but it's it's a incarnation. It's an embodiment of who you are that you really think is is important. Yeah. And um, well, that's that's do one you, of the sketches. Do you do you think that? I'm sure there are some people who are born like that. Do you also think that people can learn? I mean, if you want to become better at sensing what is the understream, yeah. do you think that people can practice that? Yes, of course. Yeah? yeah well, I, I mean, again, uh, when you're five years old, you cannot play football. 
Can you learn it? Yes, you can learn it. All boys and girls can play football. Are there in the end some players that play at Barcelona? So there are only a few of them. But you all can learn the football and the basics of that. You can, I mean, consciousness is also is about meditation, about reading a book about it, is, is, is about investigating silence. I don't know. There, there is a lot to learn there. Uh, but are you a, a champion? I don't know. But you mm. can learn things there, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I just have a, a, a last question, basically. What I, I can imagine that a lot of, you know, leaders are now listening to the podcast and recognizing the struggles. Kind of, yeah, you know, in our company, we find meaning really important. We, we have those values as well. But I also know that we're not yet living up or I'm perhaps not the wisest. But I don't know. You know, all these struggles that you probably have nowadays. What is your best tip for a future-proof leader or future-proof company? Where where should one start? What What is the most important step they have to take, you feel? Uh, well, I, I gave a lot of leadership trainings and, and what I saw there, that it's a lot of navel-gazing, hmm. which is good. Who are you? What are my values? What do I want to be in the world? But it's, I would say, look outside much more. Hmm. Look outside to the world. Who's your client? What is his real world like? I would see, I worked with, with partners of one of the big four and I worked with um, prosecutors. Yeah. Those people are terribly and great, terribly great in what they do, but yeah. I would like to talk with each other because you're in such a different world. You are in the banking and, 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 and consulting thing and the other ones are, are trying to make this world just or something. Yeah. But it is so great to bring those people together. So look outside and and organize connection, organize resonance. Mm. <laughs> and I you like never that. know where you come. No, no, because that's sometimes it also takes a bit, right? Like it sometimes it just sticks with you. You don't really know, and then after a year comes back at you. Exactly, and and well. It's interesting. I was on the bike coming here and I thought about how I'm going to explain this Levi pattern because it's totally chaotic. <laughs> Now, what I wanted to be when I grow up was when I was eight. Underneath, I was I was working at an internet company. I didn't uh, I didn't found that um, mm. established yet, but but it, it doesn't matter. Um, but I did a lot of things at a catering company. I worked for government, etc. So I had my own Levi flight yeah. <laughs> of being now where I want to be, and still yeah. I know probably in five years I have to change too. Yeah, and you you still took experiences from it. Yeah, I had a lot of different experiences. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I I really like perhaps the you know there's often a uh, habit of once a year we go with their company or the leaders of the company even and yeah. we hire a really expensive consultant yeah. and then we sit in some rural yeah. country house and we talk about personal leadership. Yeah, but maybe it would be wise to combine. Different, completely different fields. Exactly. Like hospital people with corporate people totally. with po totally. police. And and what do you expect? How, I mean, that man that organizes this one day a year, I mean, I, they should pay him tons of money because if he would be able to change the whole organization in one day, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, that's not that's not working. No, and also if you start meditating one hour during a meditation training once a year, it's probably not going to help exactly you sit with the silence, right? But it's very good you say one hour for once a year or every day five minutes, every day ten minutes. So um, it's it's practicing um, and uh, yeah, yeah. Wonderful uh, tips. Yeah. Um, so I would say look outside 
and and make contact uh, with the different people in the world and and see where you come and what you can learn. Of yeah, and then perhaps together establish themes where you feel the resonance and then from those themes try to do the yeah, experiments exactly and, and and don't forget that you as a company and as a leader but also as a brand as a company you have extremely much power to change this world for the good and and you can always say yeah but if i don't do it somebody else will do it no you can do that you can you are part in in creating the future world yeah but you have to feel conscious and responsible about that yeah So the leaders are the new gods, but they have to be responsible and conscious gods. Wow, that sounds like a wonderful end sentence. Okay. Thank you so much for right. being here. Very welcome. And for all of you listeners, thank you for listening to another episode of the Unmachine Yourself podcast. If you found this story as inspiring as I did, then do please share it with your own network and get the ripple effect going because we need more future-proof leaders, or should I say gods? You'd also make us really happy with a good review in iTunes because that makes this podcast easier to find for people who haven't heard of us yet. Until next time, bye.